Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, Mike Evans may have inspired his team, but he's now going to cost them. He suspended one game for his actions during Sunday's win. And, you know, at New Orleans, this this is something that going into the game, Mike Evans was talking about how he, you know, didn't want to do anything to hurt his team. Well, he hurt his team, at least at least in the long term. Short term, sure, after after the fracas that they had, in New Orleans, you know, they scored, what, 17 unanswered points. But he's going to appeal this suspension. It was handed down on Monday. The league didn't wait very long. John running their vice president, in a letter to Mike Evans, uh, more or less told him that he created sort of a melee, <laughs> which I love the word melee. That's kind of what it was, kind of a baseball term. Um, but this is not at all what you want to be known for or that you want to do you don't you know you don't want to hurt your team going into a big game against green bay the home opener and yet i think there were a lot of people at fault in in this whole situation steve i i you know i go back and i've kind of watched that whole thing and even on his podcast the let's go podcast tom brady took some blame for this whole situation well he went down the field looking for a pass interference call Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And he was chirping a lot, mm-hmm. but there was a lot of others. And look, I, I I love Mike Evans. I like players when you have your teammates' backs. Sure, that's important on a team. But to charge in the way he did from the sidelines, right? To knock over Marshawn Lattimore, that's going too far. He deserves right. a suspension. He will appeal. He'll lose it, as he should. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That should have been a suspendable action. He lost his head. It's one thing when you're in the middle of it and guys are chirping and there's some shoving going on, but when you come charging in like that, you deserve to be suspended. I mean, he did start the melee. I mean, you know, pushing and shoving happens all the time in the NFL. Right. But when you charge in like that from afar, that starts a melee. And and John Runyon put it best. Well... Tom Brady thinks it's ridiculous, and of course he's his teammate, and he knows he was sticking up for him. Brady said mm-hmm. on his podcast that he was not in control of his own emotions for that whole game. And I, I got a call. It was kind of funny, man. I got a call on Monday night from Warren Sapp, who, who checks in every now and then, which is, which is great. And he started talking to me about he about how he knew sort of how the Bucks felt there was a time when even the when the Bucks were very good, the Saints had a pretty good team at one point early in Saps, you know, when the Bucks were starting to become a, a playoff team. And they, they had trouble winning in New Orleans. And he said, Man, he goes, you know, you, you go in there and it's just it's bloody. You know what I mean? Like it's just certain teams, you know it's gonna be physical, you know it's gonna be a lot of chirping and and you wanna win so bad because you got a monkey on your back. And he goes, you could tell from the from the start of the game that, you know, the Bucks were just really 
you know, sort of, you know, that it was they were they were high on their on their feelings. They were really, you know, emotional, and things weren't going very well. Even though it was three to three, and and I think the reason why the Bucks won, quite frankly, and the Saints didn't, is that Tom Brady is comfortable in games like that because he knows. Um, for him, it's just about winning. For a guy like Jameis Winston, it's about let's make the big play to win. You know what I mean? Jameis kept taking shots down the field. He, he targeted Chris Olave 13 times. 13. Had him down the field a few times, missed him, and wound up only completing five of those 13 to Chris Olave, the one speed receiver they have. But Brady was content. You know, He wanted to score points, but he didn't do anything stupid. And eventually they got the turnovers that they needed to win the game. And the touchdown pass to Broussard Perriman, obviously. But, I don't know, you go back and you kind of forensically analyze this thing. I mean, in a way, it, okay, it is football. Can they hurt each other? I suppose. Um, Lattimore has a history with Mike Evans. We know that. In fact, Lattimore last week, the week prior to uh, Sunday's game, was involved in shoving down a player and getting a personal foul you know, at the end of the game against Atlanta, when Atlanta was, was done, they had no timeouts, they weren't in field goal range, and that actually moved the ball within a 60-something yard field goal attempt that they missed at the end of the game. But he, he's kind of known for this too, you know, like he, he is known to to take those shots, sometimes maybe not the first one, but the second one for sure. And, you know, he's not he's not completely innocent in the deal, I guess. There's also a situation that the that the Saints are sort of playing up, and I would say this, that the NFL is looking into, and that is the sideline, the Bucks sideline. In particular, Bruce Arians being down there. Um, there's really no restrictions that I'm aware of about who you can have on the sideline or not. And typically, at least at, at Raymond James, and even for that matter, when they went to Dallas, Bruce Arians was in a box. He was in a box with Jason Light upstairs he wasn't on the field um he claims that the saints didn't have a specific box for their front office and they 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 have a lot of front office staff i mean they you know it's not just jason light and bruce arians i mean you also have john Spytek, you also have mike greenberg and some others and so without that ability to be in their own box there were some national radios that aren't typically there because the 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 you know sort of the marquee game of the afternoon and so they felt like they had no choice but to go downstairs. Well, that's not entirely true. You do have a choice. Most or very many teams, and this has gone on for decades, the front office will sit in the press box, actually where we are, above us, typically. And there were, it looked to be like 10 or 12 locations that were reserved for the Buccaneers for that very purpose. But it was in the main press box. It wasn't in a separate box. And there's also an owner's suite if there's room in there and the owners want to invite any members of the organization that can go in there as well. But the Bucks felt like, well, we didn't have a box. We're going downstairs. And, and as Bruce told me, he goes, look, if I'm down there, I can't help but get on the referees. <laughs> I mean, it's just who I am, right? Um, but you can't have somebody who's sort of the, you know, while Todd Bowles is, is probably saying his piece, um, he's still maintaining his cool and, you know, got the arms folded down there and making his points. But Bruce is, is such so demonstrative that, you know, he's not a head coach. He he is the uh, special assistant to the GM, and yet he's riding officials and potentially, I guess, could get flagged if he said the wrong thing. So it's kind of a it's kind of an unwieldy situation. And it, it sort of began with that that play that they thought was pass interference, and Bruce is tripping at the ref, and 
I think at one point Lattimore was probably chirping back at Bruce, and then that's you know Brady got involved, and as soon as Brady got up there, now everybody's in protection mode. You know, they're just completely mm-hmm. worried about you know who's going to take a shot at the goat. I mean, you got to protect the goat. You know, it's just a little like hockey, right? You got to protect your your leading scorer. You know, nobody can take a run at Steven Stamkos or Nikita Kucherov or that kind of thing. And you know, and and Brady, you know admitted again that this just meant you know i was frustrated we were dropping some balls uh, we weren't executing you know and dropping i know I, some balls well they dropped a bunch yeah they dropped a lot they dropped a bunch some people said it was i don't know if it was as many as i heard like how many passes did you hear that they dropped i would I just, guess just on the whole like maybe four or five uh, well it depends on what you count as a drop well like, like there's like, one like there's one like evans had one evans had one down the field that Lattimore's right in his face and yeah. kind of waves his arms, but it hit Evans in the hands. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Evans is good enough. He's got to catch that ball. Yeah, I remember that one. I, I mean, you know, it's a one. tough catch because yeah, you're kind of blocked from it. a combat catch, but he's made those. But Lattimore missed it, and it mm-hmm. hit him in the hands. Yeah, kind of you shielded know. him from it. But like, there was one where Scotty Miller's kind of laying out, and he sort of has it, but if he comes up with that as a circus catch. Well, Scotty Miller could stay on his feet. Well, that would help, too. He tripped yeah. a lot. Yeah, he went down a lot. Um, I mean, obviously, Keith dropped one, obviously. I mean, as Broussard. I was watching the game, it's like Brady's throwing dimes and his receivers aren't catching. Now, some of them weren't perfect. I mean, you know, I mean, in the NFL, you don't, you're not often open enough to get a perfect pass. No, they kind of throw you open, yeah. Yeah. It's always tight coverage. But there was a lot of balls where you're like, man, that receiver's got to catch that. It hit him in the hands. Yeah. Well, he was very frustrated by it, and he was, and he was he was demonstrably frustrated. He was he was you know chastising mm-hmm. his own players uh, on at this on the spot. You know, of course he, you know he he Gronk spiked a surface or a tablet or whatever a Microsoft tablet, whatever it is, and um, and, and by the way, where's the endorsement on that? Shouldn't they pick one of those up and show that it's not broken and go ahead and like do a big Brady deal or well, something? Is it not broken? Well, I mean, maybe it is. Maybe that's the problem. But you know what? Maybe they could do it for their service, too. You know, we repair our own. What did he say on this podcast tonight? I got to be careful not to throw my arm out doing that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Speaking of that, he's got an injury. uh, And this was highlighted during the game, too. The ring finger of his throwing hand is kind of beat up, he said. You were commenting on that on Twitter during the game. Yeah. You noticed it right away. So he said he said that um, that's he said that might be a problem this week you know, during practice or whatever. But he's played with worse. He doesn't sound overly concerned about it. It's just a bad. I mean, it's a bad thing that you lose your number one receiver um, before you play the Green Bay Packers. And of course, the Packers have lost their number one well, receiver to free agency. Well, and particularly when your number two and number three receivers are hurt. That's right, hurt and don't practice. Right. Mm-hmm. That was the other thing that you know was kind of revealed or confirmed by Todd Bowles is how Brady is now taking every Wednesday off sort of for body maintenance um, in the facility and then other veterans have their days as well what's interesting and some of you and, and this was a good point that I probably should bring up to Bowles when we talk to him next and that is you know there's guys like Julio Jones who doesn't practice on Wednesday that's the same day as Brady I believe um, and but then there's other receivers that don't practice on Friday some players don't practice on Thursday, and you're like, well, wait a minute. Wouldn't it make sense if all those guys took the same day off so that when they're playing, they're all together and can get reps together? Um, 
But I guess, you know, from yeah, a but body then how do you why even hold practice that day then? Well, that's that yeah, that's the thing. Like you might not have enough receivers or enough tight ends or whatever. What and, and this is we've talked about this. When you have the oldest team in the NFL and one that requires not not this isn't preferred, right? I mean, it's not like these young players I don't see many defensive backs taking any days off because they're young players. They're in their third or fourth or fifth year of the league, and they practice every day. So how is that fair? Well, it's fair when you've accomplished stuff in this league and you're in your 30s and they want to make sure you get to it to the game on Sunday. They kind of have their own routines. It's been successful for them, and the coaches are willing to give them you know that body maintenance time. But but we've seen defensive players in the past. And Dominic and Sue was well, that Sue way. Sue was an older player. He Jason Pierre-Paul was absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, so Levante it, David is now doing it. He's taking yeah. Fridays off. You kind of earn that right over time, and, and the you wear do. and tear on your body. You do, but I I'm, think I think that that I know what they're doing, and I understand it, and that's just what you, you you've kind of committed to with the, with the age of your club. But I'm here to tell you that you're not better by not practicing in this league. You know, especially an offensive player. I mean, defensively, if you've taken enough reps, and I suppose you can say, well, I know what a dig route is. I know what a, you know this is and that is. But the timing, um, especially, if, you know, if you haven't been with Brady very much, you need time on task. That's what coaches always talk about. You know, we just need more time on task. Get the synergy down. Get the body language, all that stuff. And that's the only way you can do it is on the grass. You, you can talk about it all you want to, and, and these guys are smart players, and they have – little nuances that they see because they, they've been in the league for so long. They kind of speak the same language. But you have to do it on the grass. And I think that's been something that has held, you know, held them back from an old, an old team standpoint, in addition to the fact that now they're missing games. I mean, Julio Jones plays one game, and now he can't play. I don't know if he's going to play against the Packers. Let's say he doesn't. Okay, let's say Chris Godwin doesn't make it back. Who are your receivers? You're going up against Green Bay with Brashard Perryman, Jalen Darden. Russell Gage. Russell Gage. And Scotty Miller. And and maybe Scotty. And maybe you bring a guy up like Kalen Geiger, Geiger again, right? Or somebody like that. Buddy, I'm here to tell you, man. I mean, in the contest between, you know, Aaron Rodgers losing his receivers, you probably have worse. You're just not giving Tom Brady a lot of options. Mm-hmm. And that's why Julio Jones was here ostensibly because they felt like, well, we're going to lose some players at that position, and we don't want to have to go hit the streets. We want to go ahead and take the best available guys now. And if the best available guys are hurt, you know, you're, you're just in trouble. So it's it's unfortunate. In announcing the suspension, uh, Runyon talked about Evan striking an unsuspecting opponent who was part of the confrontation. I would say that he was probably the, the crux of the confrontation. It was for unnecessarily running, diving into, cutting, or throwing the body against or on a player who is out of the play and should have a reasonable anticipation that such contact by an opponent um, before or after the ball is dead wouldn't happen. You know, in other words, the play is over. It says you knocked your opponent to the ground and you made an uh, ensued uh uh, you know, players fighting for both teams. Your aggressive conduct could have caused serious injury to your opponent, and it clearly does not reflect on the high standards of sportsmanship, etc. Um, the appeal is not going to go anywhere. I would agree with you. The funny thing is that 
one of the guys that uh, handles the appeals is Derek Brooks, and I would imagine he recruits your recruits himself, recuse himself because he's a lifelong Buccaneer, just for the you know the mere appearance of impropriety, and it would go to another arbiter. But it's funny that that Runyon's son, John John Runyon Jr., plays for the Green Bay Packers now. He's also a former Michigan man. So there's yeah, that. well, I, I definitely think he did that because the Packers are on the schedule next. Otherwise, he'd been playing. <laughs> well, no, I'm kidding. I mean, just the appearance of it's yeah. kind of weird, right? It is, you know. But like I said, I, I in looking at the play, immediately said he's going to be suspended. Matter of fact, I, I jokingly texted you when it happened. I said Brady may retire next week. He doesn't have Jones. He doesn't <laughs> have Godwin, and now he doesn't have Evans next week right. for the home opener. I mean, he right. just may retire this week. I wasn't serious, of course, but. You're going into this game potentially with one of your top four receivers. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. And Bowles, Todd Bowles was not happy. He said, you know, this should be a lesson, um, you know, to all the other players. And you never condone this sort of thing. You never want to hurt your team. They've talked about it before. They talked about it going into the game. And, you know, in the heat of the moment, we know that it's an emotionally charged sport. There's really no no place in football for that. I mean, the thing is, you're you're all padded up anyway, and if you start swinging at guys, you could end up busting your hands on a helmet, a face mask. You can't really punch anybody because of that. It, it's just kind of dumb, you know. But you could charge in there and blindside a guy. That's what happened. The irony is that when Mike Evans was suspended before, back in 2017, he was not ejected from the game that day. And that also involved a quarterback, only it was Jameis Winston, who was now the Saints quarterback. He was on the sideline. He'd actually been taken out of the game and sort of was pointing at Lattimore, and Lattimore slapped away his finger, and that's when Evans charged in and just hit Lattimore from behind, never saw it coming, and just flattened him. And that was an even more egregious hit. Um, he did get a game for that, but he, he, was not, he was not ejected from the game. So in this case... Fired his team up, all of that. Good good to know that a guy's got your back, you're at his. But now they're going to have to have Mike's back and hope that they can win this game in spite of him not being with them. And, I, I, and you know, from a, it's without pay, so from a salary standpoint, he kind of gets a break because he's restructured his contract so many times that actually his salary, which, you know, they base the fine off of, his, his base salary is the NFL minimum. It's about $1.1 million because so much of his money is – been deferred or their bonuses that have been paid whatnot and so mike will forfeit a uh a mere sixty thousand dollars or so for uh for his game check uh that he won't be getting paid you know this week and he can't i don't believe he can be in the facility either i think he's i think he's just out you know for the week which is also disappointing so you know, we'll see how the appeal goes, and it'll be, I would imagine it would be expedited so that he can practice if, in fact, uh, it went his way. But I don't think, it, I don't think it's going to go his way. But it certainly, certainly fired up that defense, which, look, and, and as much as we've talked about how the offense has not played great and they're missing a lot of guys. Yeah. They're 2-0 and with road wins at Dallas and New Orleans. Mm-hmm. That defense has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, what was it? Four turnovers and nine plays. After that, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, that that defense forced. Right. That, that is an elite NFL defense right now. 
very elite. I, I, I think that they can make a claim. I haven't seen all the defenses. I think Buffalo is very, very good from a defensive standpoint. They've only given up a touchdown. They're beating the, you know what, off the Tennessee Titans as we do this podcast. 41-7 to currently, and I think that's the way it's going to end. But they're deep and they're elite. Let's get into the defense. I, I want to talk about them because they're their own sort of, you know, separate category that uh, is really going to lead this team for some time. Before we talk about Todd Bowles' defense, I want to tell you about May Electric Solar. Your electric bill is going up like mine. This is a solution, a family-owned and operated business. They install solar electric systems. They've been doing it for 12 years. There's a lot of these fly-by-night companies, but not May Electric Solar. They're committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all of its products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use contractors, so you know exactly who is doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. You can lower your electric bill all year long and preserve your quality of life and your appliances through every storm season. That's May Electric at 727-819-2862. You know, I, I was asked about the Bucks offense and, and just sort of the run heaviness of it, you know, in these first couple of weeks. And this is this is all what we predicted. We've been talking about this before they ever played the first preseason game, that, you know, the what are the changes that Todd Bowles is going to bring and sort of how would Brady, you know, embrace or, or, or not embrace what they were going to do. This is exactly what Tom Brady wanted to do at age 45. They are running an offense to protect their quarterback, number one, okay? To, to limit the amount of hits that he takes, uh, to keep him out of harm's way, and to protect their defense, which is elite. However, defensive coaches, everyone that I've ever covered before and that I've known, look at the game very similarly, and that is from, from you know the holistic version. It's not just about scoring points. It's not just about making big plays or splash plays or throwing the ball down the field. It's also about helping your defense and complementing each other from, from a schematic standpoint. Obviously, the more you run the ball, the clock moves, okay? Uh, every time you drop back to throw a pass and it's incomplete, it stops. And so, you know, that's just more time of possession potentially for the other team if you don't pick up first downs and or score. And even sometimes if you score in a hurry, your defense is right back on the field. And over the course of a game, there's a big difference between playing 75 snaps and playing maybe 60 snaps. It doesn't sound like much, but it is. And so we've pretty much known throughout the offseason that this was going to look totally different than when Bruce Arians was you know, having the no-risk-it-no-biscuit attack where you have five eligible, four verticals, and one guy underneath. And... You know, basically, they can bring more defenders than you can block. I mean, you only have five offensive linemen. If you're having five eligible and a quarterback, then they could overwhelm you, obviously. But that's changed. And it's changed and needed to change primarily because of where Brady is at in his career, in his life, and in his skill sets. He can still zing it, but he does not going to sit back there and get hit. hit. 
And it needed to change because they had a new offensive line. And some of it was planned and some of it was not planned. I mean, you lose Orion Jensen, you don't know Robert Hainsey, how he's going to perform. He, he did a good job in the offseason. He's worked really hard. And I think he's played pretty well these first couple games. Obviously, he's played winning football. Uh, but that's, that's a new player. Uh, you know. And there are other new players. Luke Gedeke was always going to win this job, in my opinion, when they drafted him out of Central Michigan. He was their second-round pick. They, they said it was a competition. But I thought that it was just a matter of time before he was more or less handed the job. I think he's played well especially in the run game. He's made some mistakes, but he's not where he needs to be from a pass protection standpoint. And that's going to take time. And, you know, you have, you, you have to play together. You know, you have to have players that are, are beside each other that, you know, see things on the field in real time, the, the, the loop stunts and the, the games that the defensive line runs and that sort of thing. They had a play the other day, and Bowles was very frustrated by this, when they went for it on fourth and one, they didn't get it on third and one. They went for it on fourth and one. They actually had a missed assignment. I think it was Tristan Wirfs. Um, and, you know, they, they were dropped at the eight-yard line, eight or nine-yard lines. They lost a yard on fourth down. And Bowles was like, look, I don't care where you are on the field. You have to be able to get a yard. When you need a yard, you have to execute well enough to get one yard. That's also sort of his mentality. Um, but in having said all that, their defense, I think, is elite, as you mentioned, and it's elite because they have the combination that, that you have to have. They have the ability to stop the run. Now, they've come out two games in a row, both Dallas and New Orleans, have hurt this team with the runs early. The run fits aren't quite, quite right. Um, schematically, they've done some nice things. There's some missed tackles early in the game, and you see that a lot early in the season around the NFL. If you watched any of the games the first couple of weeks, these guys just don't tackle to the ground until they get in the regular season. So you've seen some missed tackles. So early on, they've given up in both games first drive field goals. But then that's been it. Then they shut it down. They get the run fits right. They stop the run. They start coming after the passer. They have 10 sacks in the first two weeks. That's elite. Um, the interceptions that they have created, you know, uh, it, it has also been great. They've, they're getting turnovers. And that's what great defenses do. Great defenses don't allow points. They've allowed one touchdown. And that was sort of a garbage time touchdown that Bowles is quite frankly mad about, that they gave that up. He didn't think that should have happened. But, you know, one touchdown in, in two games in the NFL is unheard of, you know. And there's no signs of them slowing down because unlike the offense, which has a lot of older players, the defense said goodbye to Ndamukong Sue. They said goodbye to Jason Pierre-Paul. And, you know, it's unfortunate that Akeem Hicks now has a foot injury because I think he was the perfect rotation guy for a young player like Logan Hall. And you have Raquez Nunez-Roches that can go in there and Will Golston. And so you kind of had a nice, a nice rotation, but he could miss some time, according to Todd Bowles. And then, you know, on the outside, Shaq Barrett is still, well not the youngest player on the team, is still one of the elite pass rushers in the league. He had two sacks just the other day. And Joe Tryon Shawinka is a force. I mean, he is getting better and better each week as he as he learns and, and holds down that starting position. He had a half sack the other day. And he's young. And he's extremely fast. And he's extremely athletic. You add Logan Hall, extremely athletic, extremely fast. 
So they've upgraded their speed. Of course, Vita Vea is unblockable. You takes up double teams all day long. Also a good athlete that can move and run. And then you got the two elite linebackers. And the secondary in particular is the story of this season. What they have done, what Todd Bowles has done, and this goes really back to the Rams game, there's a certain chip on this team's shoulder that, you know, having blown that game because of miscommunication, they are not miscommunicating anything. Those guys are watching film. Uh, They're understanding what teams are trying to do to them. In real time on the field, they're making the adjustments, and they've added some veterans to the mix. You know, Logan Ryan is a huge pickup, and they're playing a lot of three safeties because now Antoine Winfield Jr. is in the slot, and he's making tackles like there were a couple times, Steve, there were breakout runs, and if, if Antoine Winfield misses the tackle, that's a touchdown. He's been phenomenal, and I really like him in that slot role. Yeah. I mean, he's a great safety, but you move him down in that slot because you have the veteran safeties like Logan Ryan, mm-hmm. Keanu Neal. Mike Edwards playing center field. To go with Mike field. Edwards. Yeah. yeah. And, and it just it, – it, it, you're so much deeper. Right. With him in that, in that role instead of a Sean Murphy bunting. Mm-hmm. You know, Antoine Winfield has adjusted beautifully to there. Yeah. His dad played it. Now he's mm-hmm. playing it. And, and he's been a force. So they've got it. Look, they've got it going on. And, and, and right now it's early in the season. It's two weeks in. But the Devin White we're seeing now this year is what I expected last year. I think he took a step back. I think he's, he's upped his game and, and looks like the defensive of the year uh, player candidate that I thought he was going to be a year ago. He's really taken to heart. Some of the deficiencies in his game, like coverage, like pass coverage. But he doesn't uh, have to cover as much right now. That's because correct. Of health, because of Levante David being healthy. Levante and David the is healthy being again. Healthy. Mm-hmm. And the secondary, right. Like He was forced to do a lot of coverage and drop into, into that with the tight ends and whatnot last year because they simply couldn't. They were just trying to keep guys in front of them in the secondary, playing guys like Richard Sherman and Dee Laney and all the guys that came in and had to start. Now, injuries could happen tomorrow. Um you know, but right now with Carlton Davis, who's elite, Jamel Dean's catching the ball, making interceptions. Mike Edwards, all he does is score touchdowns when he catches it. He's got three now uh, in the last couple of years. So it looks really good. And, and I think they're going to hit their stride. I think, you know, still the season is still young for them. I think they're going to get better. And we may be talking about them and in, in holding them in some kind of reverence that has only been, you know, sort of reserved for the, the 2002 Bucks defense. Um, but you're going to see a lot of similarities, I do, to to when Tony Dungy was coaching those teams. Better quarterback, obviously, got the greatest of all time, not just Brad Johnson, but in terms of the approach. You know, they may win by 16. They may win by 10, but it's not going to be 30 to 20. It's not going to be 40 to 30. You know, it's going to be 20 to 10. You know, they won by, you know, 16 in Dallas, but it wasn't 46-30. It was 16 to, it was 19 to 3. And that's just kind of the way I think it's going to stand. And Tom Brady's not going to throw 50 touchdown passes this year. He may have a few games where he has four or five. You know, I mean, hell, Tua Tungvaloa the other day had six. But he's just not going to have that many attempts or that many yards as he's had in the past because he's going to use his entire roster. And guys will have to get bigger and, and better, and they're going to say, you know, we've got to find our identity. We haven't quite, quite hit on anything just yet. But right now, Leonard Fournette is is toting an enormous load. And I would be concerned if I can't get a couple more running backs involved. 
You know, Keyshawn Vaughn has not gotten a helmet on Sundays. We haven't seen much of Giovanni Bernard. Um, you know, White is just kind of starting to get going a little bit, but they need to get him more more involved in the offense as well and take some of that load off of Lenny because I don't know how he can hold up with the punishment he takes. I know he gives a lot, but he gets hit four and five times every time he touches the football. And he's kind of been their engine on offense. Even when it's not going well, he's still getting the tough yards and getting field position and allowing them to punt and let the defense play there and do their thing. Their punting, their special teams, is the biggest improvement on the team. You know, they were horrendous on special teams. Now, uh, Jake Camarda, the way he's punting the ball, phenomenal, getting a lot of kicks inside the 20. They're covering. Ryan Suckup has still just one miss on the season uh, and has done a very good job. So, you know, so much of this football team is is solid, and yet, you know, there is a frustration level and there is a, a palatable difference the way Tom Brady is playing. I don't and, – and you can read this. Read this email. We got a, we got a text the other day. So me and Joey did the post game, and I want to explain myself because there was some criticism, and I'm going to take it, but I'm going to tell you why I said what I said. Go ahead. Who was it that uh, that tweeted? Rick had tweeted us. No, not yeah. Rick Stroud. Not but Rick me, had but us. yeah. said, listening to your podcast after a win, and it's still gloom and doom. I hate to hear what it would have been like had they lost. It's a fair point. I'll say that off the top. They're 2-0. and when this season started and you looked at that schedule and you saw the gauntlet and you saw at Dallas Sunday night football, at New Orleans, home opener for the Saints, and then your first home game, week three, home against the Green Bay Packers and then followed up by a Sunday night game against the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, that's as tough a four-game stretch as I remember, right, um, to, start, to start a new year. And the fact that they're 2-0 and – is not something I would have predicted. I would have predicted at least one loss, maybe two, uh, to start this four-game gauntlet. I said at the time, if they finish two and two, that would be great. Anything above that would be absolute grave, gravy. And and they're two and zero. Oh. And so there is some merit to what he is saying. What I would say to Rick is that I'm kind of looking more not about the short term but the long term. I'm looking holistically. Like we've got a pretty good sense now. Of, of sort of what this team is going to be like and the style they're going to play. They're going to be in a lot of close games. And that's not a bad thing if you've got the best, you know, greatest quarterback of all time, particularly in the fourth quarter on the final drive. But they're going to be in a lot of low-scoring games, and, and they're not going to separate very much from some teams. I think it's a tough style to play. I've seen it done. I've seen it done all the way to a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning and no – Tom Brady is not Peyton Manning. His his skills had eroded to the point where he couldn't throw the ball at all, barely. But the defense in Denver that year with Vaughn Miller and those guys, they were elite. And, and, you know, sort of Peyton Manning was a passenger on the way to a Super Bowl. I don't think Brady is a passenger, but there's some other drivers along the route, too. You know, he's not doing all the driving. And, and sort of that's the difference is that, you know, whether it's, it's not an erosion of his skills by any means, but it's just the acknowledgement that he's 45 years old and he can't lead the league in pass attempts. He can still absolutely play. He can zing it, but he's got injuries to his offensive line. He's got a new offensive line. And as Brady has said many times on his podcast and other places, I, I will do anything. You know, I would rather lose a game, and he hates to lose. But he said, I'd rather lose games 
and have a chance to play the next one than to get hurt and the season just be over. You know, so he's going to err on the side of caution. And that's why, if you know, there was a fumbled snap the other day. He just stood there. He wasn't going to dive in the pile and get hurt. He just kind of took a step back and let everybody, you know, let the scrum scrum begin. And that was his fault because he closed his hand before the, the center had actually snapped the ball up in there. His, his uh, gloved hand was already closed. And, you know, you get that. You get that with Brady. But I, I just think, I think it's a hard style to play. And all I'm saying is it's not doom and gloom, but it's also not what we saw the last two years. Is that fair? He's not – I don't want to say – his skills are still there, but he's not as willing to try to play that style. Well, it's not, not no risk it, no biscuit anymore. Right, exactly. It's a different coach. And I think Brady's more comfortable at this age playing this way. He's played this way before. This was only like the third time in his career that he has gone back to or two games in a row with one or fewer touchdown passes. It's like the third time in his career. I mean, this guy throws two touchdown passes when he rolls out of bed. And, you know, so there's there's obviously work that needs to be done on the offensive side. But if every day that offensive line is gelling and getting better and getting better, and maybe they get healthier and they get Donovan Smith back. Although, um, you know, having Wells go down was was unfortunate, Right. Um, well, but yeah, you're on, your, you're on your third left tackle now. Yeah, you you are. But that guy that guy made his NFL debut from Seminole High School, and he played really well. He played 44 snaps. Prior to that, he had played four on special teams. So maybe they discovered something in Wells's injury. You know, he hung in there. He played pretty well. In fact, he had a nice a nice block. You know, Brady was able to scan the field on the deep shot to Broussard Perryman because the protection was so good. It was one of the few times that he knew he had time and he took all of it and got through all his reads and then you know took a shot one-on-one with Perryman and hit it. So, you know, all of that, all of that looked good. But, but the doom and gloom thing, I'm not, I'm not, I'm really not poo-pooing the fact that they're 2-0. I think I would not have predicted 2-0 at this juncture. And, and I still say that, you know, if you're 2-2, two two, you, you have a pulse in the NFC especially. But they're probably going to go 3-1. and one. They're going to get one of these next two games, I think. And if they get them both, then they're the top team in the NFC. And, and the NFC, to me, is wide open. You know, not wide open. I mean, we can, we can identify the teams that are going to be there in the end. I think the Rams are, you know, more than likely going to be around. I think, I think Green Bay will. Um, there are some others. But... Philadelphia looks strong so far in this early part of the season. They 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 made the playoffs last year. They, they were the only new head coach, you know, that that did so. But the AFC to me is 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 a is a better and and deeper conference this year. But if the Bucks go four and zero, they serve notice to the rest of the NFL. They're like, okay, wh- how do you like me now? We played playoff teams right on through, and and we beat them all. And they have a chance to do that, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough without Mike Evans, especially. And then Kansas City comes here. And even though Kansas City doesn't have Tyreek Hill, they look very, very, very strong. By the way, I called Miami. I think we talked about this when Miami was here for the joint practices. I think we said, I know I did, that 
The Dolphins are going to be a problem with those receivers. They're a problem. It all, it all hinges on Tua. All of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And some ex- outstanding coaching going on right, with Mike McDaniel, who is probably on his way to coach of the year if he does anything close to what he's done the first two weeks. But getting the ball out of Tua's hands and getting it to his playmakers, and they've got some playmakers. I mean, Cedric Wilson, they've got, obviously, Tyreek Hill, and then Jalen Waddell. Hill and Waddle, are there two better receive two faster receivers than that in the league on the same team? I mean, those guys are explosive. And they're they they just they create so much stress on your defense. Like I can't tell you with all the movement and the misdirection and the jet sweeps and the play action and all that stuff, that your eyes are going everywhere. And it's kinda like, Oh, there's a ball, it's over oh, it's over my head. You know, it's it's just that fast. And if Tua can grasp it and keep keep protecting the ball the way he has, the Dolphins are going to compete for that division. I mean, they're, they're that good. I mean, the Bills are going to win it because I think they're the best team in the NFL right now. I'm not sure anybody's going to beat them if they stay healthy. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We'll see what the fallout is for Mike Evans, what the status of his appeal is as we move forward through the week. You should have an answer for that fairly soon. We're going to talk a little bit about the Rays. I'm sure they began their series with a loss against Houston, who clinched, uh, I think, the number one seed, if I'm not mistaken. They clinched their division for the fifth time in six years. Is that what it was? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. So they're looking at at possibly, oh, definitely some home games, but then maybe even a bye. Early on, yeah, they should get the bye. They may have already clinched that. I don't know yeah. if the Guardians can catch them, but uh, the Yankees could still catch them overall. Right, right, right. So the Rays have that going on. We're going to have Matt Baker talk some college football this week, I'm sure. And then, of course, you can get your mailbag questions in anytime. I've got some already. Uh, a lot of people wanting to know some of the details and some of the things about Mike Evans' suspension and why some other players may not have been suspension. I think we're going to see a bunch of fines come down. I'd be very surprised if there's not significant fines for guys like Marshawn Lattimore, perhaps Leonard Fournette. We'll see what the you know the league is supposed to address in some way. They're looking at the entire bench situation on, on the Tampa Bay sideline, so there might be something with respect to that. So we'll have all that later this week. But get your mailbag questions in. You can send them to us on Twitter at SportsDayTV. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. And just a reminder, uh, call our friends at May Electric Solar. You can save a ton of money, 30-year labor and service warranty, $750 worth of surge protection. They do their own installation. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. Schedule free estimate, lower your electric bill all year long. May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.